Episode 21 of The Beer with Sam and Peter. We're still recovering from episode 20. Yep. After I, those very, very alcoholic chocolates that I we had so many. <laughs> like, we ate five, but there was like 35 in You the could pack. get well and truly just hammered off those. Yeah, I think we discussed before, it's a close run race between whether you throw up because of the chocolates <laughs> or the drink. <laughs> or both. The hideous combination of both. Yep. That's Just true. so many different alcohols. Yeah. That is a recipe for disaster if ever I've seen one. So it's fitting sort of today. With the last episode, we had three different types of beer. And we had alcoholic uh, chockies. So today we're just... We're just doing a coffee with Sam and Peter. just doing a coffee with Sam and Peter. It's a little bit early in the morning. It's 10 o'clock in the morning and Sam's a little under the weather. Hopefully you can't hear that. Hopefully I don't just cough all the way through this podcast. <laughs> um, I got... Oh yeah. Uh, it shouldn't happen... But yes, if you hear something like that, that's why. Yeah. So uh, we can't dink. We can't dink. We can't even. I've already drunk my coffee. <laughs> oh, it's a shambles. Here's your cup. Here it is. We touched them together. You probably couldn't hear that. <laughs> don't hit we mine. Do Mine's got stuff in it. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we're drinking coffee. It's early in the morning. Yeah. How's it going, Sam? How's your week been? Since the absolute shambles that was episode 20. Uh, I had to edit the absolute shambles that was episode 20. I'm really upset actually about that because... uh, So, you guys may think that episode 20, being an hour and 50 minutes long and rambly, you know, was pretty bad to begin with. Or pretty great. I think it was great. If you're like me. I love rambling. (laughs) The very small amount of feedback we've got. parts of this show are where we just go off into the weeds. Oh, yeah. And the, uh, the most feedback I've gotten... Uh, it's all been like, uh, talking about how it's the best times where we go off the rails. Yeah. So that makes sense. It, it's, it's episode 20 off the rails edition. Yeah, exactly. Basically. Yeah. Um, but we're back on track with our regular schedule programming. So yeah, I edited that. Um, but there's about 13 or 15 minutes that I had to cut of us. And it was like right at the end, we were talking about, we were talking about predators on MSN um, we were just, just some bad shit. Yeah. We would we, stuff that's not really uplifting we, we, or funny we for anybody like a, to hear. No, no, it was pretty funny. <laughs> we were on a big, we banged on about like the younger generation. Our mate Chris talked about, uh, some great stories with his, his, uh, class. Cause he's a teacher. Yep. Had to cut them. What? Um, it was just all good. Why'd you cut the oh, teacher had, stories? So we had to cut them because we were getting... <laughs> We were very sweary towards Chris's students. <laughs> towards the children. And he told a story about, like, uh, this kid's project. I just didn't know... Um, you, I didn't well, want to you, get him in trouble. Right, okay. Basically, yeah. So, so that's all the stuff that you didn't hear last You didn't episode. hear. But apart from that little yeah, kid's thing, if you do want to hear us uh, swear a lot about MSN and talk about how I inappropriately named a lot of my Neopets... Then got banned from uh, Neopets when I was a kid. If you want to hear about that, uh, maybe maybe we can find a way of giving that to you. Let us know. If you actually send put a comment, like you'll be our first commenter. <laughs> Think about that. You can you can be our first commenter, guys. You can pretty much get whatever you want. All like, right, all right. You're reeking of desperation. You're a hundred percent of our comment base. Okay, all right. What what does a hundred percent of our comments say? Oh, they say they want more of this. So I guess we'll give it to them. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so if you want that, uh, speak up and uh, we'll find a way of getting that to you. Maybe that'll make its way onto the YouTubes at some stage or something like that. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. So this week, I've been doing a, a whole heap of nothing, really. Mm-hmm. Watched the Wallabies get Always beaten good. by the All Blacks on Saturday night, which was very disappointing. Yeah, we had a um, a very close run game of Trials of Osiris. For any of our Destiny fans out there, we went 8-1 and one again. Yeah. Right, lost it right at the end. Almost devastating. Yeah. Almost got to the lighthouse. Um, frustrating. But yeah, had, had a bunch of people over. Watch the Wallabies lose. They're playing South Africa this weekend, so hopefully South Africa lost to Argentina. Yeah, which Argentina never beats anybody in the rugby championship. So hopefully that's a sign that they're in bad form, so we can finally get off this five-game losing streak. Yep, crush um, their Invictus. Yep. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, crush the spirit of Nelson Mandela. This is not your destiny. <laughs> um, oh, but, then, but then afterwards, Channel 10 was running reruns of Australian Survivor. Yeah. Do you so, want to get into that before we do the Homer movie? Since I, you've already spoken about yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like it's a good segue into it. So, so I was so happy about this. Uh, Peter told me that he didn't watch Survivor. Yeah, because... we, watched, we watched Survivor as a team sport and it was... Just yeah. so good. It's definitely worth doing as a group watching yeah. Survivor. But uh, I was just excited because I am a massive Survivor fan. In our household, that's our one bit of like bad reality, reality television TV. that we yeah. watch. We watched it from the very first, we watched it from season one, seeing Boston Rob just backstab everyone. You know, we went through, we watched Rupert's build it, like just almost kill a man on set and yep. just like. Sure. We okay. watched. Um, so Rupert's a big hairy man who ended up trying to run for the like, governor of his state or something like that after he ran for Survivor. He's a big Survivor favourite. He's this huge hairy guy, wears his tie-dye shirt all the time, never strategized throughout the entire thing, just like... Um, he was incredibly good at surviving and he was also really good at fishing. Right. Spear fishing. There was this one... And they just kept him around because of that. He was so likable. There was one time that he... Uh, oh, so this this is this, there was this like terrible like gangly betray kind of guy, and he decided that he was a little bit in he was in the frying pan for one too many lies. So he'd go out spearfishing to try and like build up some rep. Yeah, with his tribe um, before he got voted off, and he lost the spearhead. <laughs> and then he like he gave shit to Rupert who like put his hands around Rupert's neck very Bane style uh, very, uh, around that guy's neck very Bane style you know like do you feel in charge kind of thing and um he didn't do anything uh and so Rupert went out swimming for like hours he just left and he actually so the guy didn't tell him where where like at he all where he, dropped, where he lost the spearhead and it's just lost in I think they're in Vanuatu um and Rupert came back with the spearhead like like Four hours later. So he's just immune forever. Yeah. Just he's keeping just, the he, He's actually Poseidon. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there's been great things in Survivor, man. I feel like I need to catch you up on this because I've, Australian Survivor... I've watched an episode of Survivor here or there, and I think it's always just bloody yeah. hilarious. But it's um, it is sometimes more intelligent. And I think for people who are only... Who are Australians who tuned into Australian Survivor as their first Survivor because... You know, it's, it's, it's they've, done, they've done an Australian Survivor before. They've done they? a Survivor that's actually in Australia. Right. So, so they haven't actually done a, a Survivor with Australian people. No, they've done Americans in, in Australia. Right. Yeah. Okay. But they haven't done the other way around. Um, it's, it's been going for like 30 seasons it's been or going something. for a long time. Greg Probst just... But you know what? It's been going for it. that long with hundreds of, of American reality TV show stars. Yeah. And never before in all my survivor time have I seen a group of people, of survivors, this dumb. <laughs> in uh, Australian Survivor. Yes, yes. It's really upsetting. Like, guys, if you don't watch Australian Survivor, know that we are being represented horribly. Yeah. I do. I, I love how for the Australian version of Survivor, they're split into the three teams. Just yep. stop me if this is like just par for the course. Yeah, uh, the red team, blue team, and the yellow team. Sometimes they have two teams, sometimes they have three, but this is all part okay. of the Yeah, so, this, this, so Australian Survivor, they've got three teams, and it seems like they've all grouped the like personalities together. So the red team is like the kind of strong personality, lead, people that would usually be the leadery people. Yeah, but they're the, terrible. But they're, they're, yeah, but they're like shit people. So yeah. there's like this fucking like social media manager... <laughs> And there's the, like, grumpy old Vietnam veteran. Who is named Des, who's just... So let's just take a pause to talk about the many great no, phrases no, we'll, of Des. Yeah, before we get into Des, oh, okay. we'll, we'll, there'll be time <laughs> to <laughs> unpack our Lord and Saviour, Desmond. Um, oh, the team, they've got, like, a retired professional cricket player and stuff like that. Lee then you've got the yellow team. They're, which is just, like... They're the, all peace and love. Yeah. No one's fighting a yellow team. The problem is no one's... Also surviving in the yellow team. Yeah, they're like all the kind of wimpy people that would just kind of go and then... They even admit it in the first episode. They're like, oh, I was expecting someone else to become the leader. Like, you know, <laughs> you know how they have time? I don't know if you're aware of this, but they're told that they're going to be on Survivor. And they have time. Yeah. Before they actually go. No one bothered to Google 
how to make a fire. How to make a fire. Their effort to make a fire in like the second episode is just so terrible. Like as a they have a bunch of they have like a bunch of kin like you and I we've both been camping, we know how to make a bonfire. You don't start by getting a bunch of kindling together in your frying pan, like right next to the water. And expect to have a fire that actually well, lasts. Well, actually, I thought, like, the thing that was really frustrating me is, like, as, yeah, I go camping a lot. Um, and so these guys, these yellow guys, spend a lot of time, like, hauling what looks to be, like, two-ton rocks from the way that they're, like, complaining about carrying them, like, around to make this fire pit. And then they start, they try and start the fire somewhere else. Yeah. The plan is to move the fire. What's the fire pit for? <laughs> Um, and they're, they're just, they're just yeah. fucking idiots. And once they get flint, it's like, okay, you've got to be able to make a fire now. Um, nope. Nope. So they try and, uh, you know, try as they might, fire actually happens against all odds. Uh, and, and then it immediately goes so they out. They panic. They panic. They go to, <laughs> everyone's running around like, like headless chickens. They like, they're like, dude, keep blowing on it. Keep blowing on it. Because they saw somewhere that at some stage you've you got to give oxygen to the fire at some point, <laughs> maybe a little bit earlier. Uh, so they're just blowing on it. It looks like it's going to go out because this huge guy's just like <laughs> giving it a breeze, and one of them picks it up, runs it over. Yeah, and it goes out, and it goes out. Shock, shock, and horror. Yeah. Um, at the moment, yellow team can no longer make a fire because they have broken flint. Is what they say. Yeah. Have you ever thought about how flint can be broken, Peter? Because I'm pretty sure that is. That's preposterous. Yeah. They were also trying to light the flint with the sharp end of their machete that they had. Ah. Yes. <laughs> that That's maybe how they broke the flint. Maybe they've just, like, completely blunted their machete and split their flint in half. Correct me if I'm wrong, but two halves of a flint. Like, it's not like it just suddenly doesn't work. It's not like there's some sort of power core running no, through the flint. No, it was just like a one. It didn't have, like, the striking bit. It was just, like... Or one single bit, I think. Oh. Okay. Not like the flint that you have for going camping. Hmm. Still. But anyway. Start a fire. Yeah. It's not that difficult. Yeah. Yellow Team also has the fucking Salmon King, <laughs> who was the guy that decided to show up. He's like, he's like 60 glasses, yeah. showed up in a full that's, pink that's, uh, suit. Peter. Yeah. Peter. That's Peter. Peter. And yeah, Peter, we, Peter we, dubbed, we dubbed him the... Oh, he did? Peter just left for medical reasons. Okay. Well, yeah. So, just to get everybody up to speed with where we're both at with the show, I've only seen the first two episodes. Yeah. You've seen episode three? I've seen... I think I've seen episode episode four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the bloody Salmon King... Yeah. <laughs> he he's showed the, up in a full pink suit he's to great. Survivor. Um, and then there's the blue team uh, who they are... They seem to be the most... Most with it. Yes, but they're only the most with it with it by default. Like, if you asked me to come up with someone who was a good player, I, I, I don't know. I would be hard-pressed. Because it's just, it's just, they're just so bad. Yeah. Um, don't they have... Which team is it that they have this, like, woman who's a... She's a PI, right? Yes. And, and so, so she that was, was... She's like, oh, I, I know how this game works. It's a that mind. was Blue Team. It's the science of the it mind. It was Blue Team. So, in Fucking episode idiot. two... Where blue team, um, they they lost the second challenge. Mm. One thing I would, one thing I do love about Australian Survivor so far is it seems that people have all come into it and are super trying to like play the game. They just ruined it, for and themselves. everything just immediately backfires on them. That's so you should watch another season of Survivor because as I've said, like they're worst strategy people. In the first season of Survivor, there was this guy called Boston Rob, yeah, who just beat everyone. He outsmarted, double cross, was subtle about it. He was good at challenges and just beat everyone. It was it was crazy to watch. In fact, um, there's like a survivor. I I frequented the survivor forums at one point, and they were discussing how no one wants Boston Rob to be called back for any of the All Star challenges, not because um, like he's not good, but because he turns everyone as as his one Reddit poster said, he turns everyone into mind, into his mindless slaves. Right, and then the whole season becomes boring. Like, he'll, he'll just... Because he's just easy to win. He's so good, yeah. And then his final strategy was, I've been an asshole. The final vote in Survivor is made by all the people that were voted out. They pick between the last two. So, it's that kind of offset of, like, how are you going to be a bastard and win? And it turns out from the, from the get-go, he had started a relationship with Amber, who was a girl on the other team, who was, like, the... She was one of, like, the, the big boobs... 
kind of hot girls. Because um, that's a really staple demographic in Survivor, as, yeah, well, they, as, big, they, as well as the big men. You they always have, like... Massive guys. Yeah, every challenge, it's like the chicks turn up in bikinis and the men have their tops off. But there's also, like, the rest of everyone else in between. Yeah. Like, you used to have, like, two really uh, attractive girls in really small bikinis, and they have two, like, massive guys, and then the rest of the people some like, fall in between. Yeah. Anyway, uh, turns out she was... She had... Her, her instructions... Like, she had schemed with him, and she was actually really, really smart. And their plan together was made really early on where she said she'll be as invisible as possible. And it gets to the final thing, and it's her and him with no connection. Yeah. It's obvious. And she got she won. It turned out he had proposed to her already. They they were getting married, and they were going to split the money. It was, <laughs> it was, it was great. Uh, nothing like that is going to happen in this season. No. For yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure. Because all the, like, so in the second episode, the PI chick, the blue teams would have to have someone eliminated. And there's, it's clearly going to be the Salmon King. Oh, is it the blue team? Yeah. Yeah, it's clearly going to oh, be right. so, the yeah. Salmon King. So, old Salmon King, he's, he contracts like a stomach bug really early on in the Yeah, in the he's show. been just, he just gets deadly sick. Yeah. And, um, he's not he's, eating us though. Everybody's like, oh yeah, we're going to vote him out just because he's a liability on the team. Well, he asks always, everyone to do yeah, that. Yeah. It's always like him say, he, you almost expect him to vote for himself. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden they're like, and then no, 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 you, you don't get to leave. We want to vote off this bitch. Yeah. Well, like she takes one person aside and goes, Mm, everybody's going to vote for Peter, but I think we should try and get this other girl out we because make there's this alliance already... F- yeah, Miss already- Too Smart for her boots. And then she goes And then he counsel. immediately... No, the guy she took oh, aside oh, immediately yeah. just stabs her in the back yeah. and they all vote her out. Yeah. One of the things really great is that, like, most of the times people have been voted out, they've done it themselves. Yeah. At the last minute, too. This... Um, so, Jeff, the OG... Uh, host of the show of Survivor. He's done it through like all the other all the other episodes. Yeah. The other guy, the Australian guy, had to get like approval from Jeff. I don't know what he did, like he climbed a mountain. <laughs> they found Jeff at the top. But Jeff's like everyone loves Jeff. Yeah. He's really good at it. He was less um interfering. This guy really, when he gets to tribal council, he really just yeah, like he just puts just the screws on the tough questions. He puts the screws on until someone just decides to ruin themselves. <laughs> and the PI lady's like, well I think what's clear is we should vote it. Like, he, she just outlines it. And I, I bet you that, like, there were at least three or four votes changed to her, like, after she... It also kind of happened that way in the first episode with Dez. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I think we'll, we'll finish like, I feel with like Dez. We finish off now with our just Survivor... The man, the myth. Survivor minute. And, and talk about Dez. I want you to... The I man, be, the myth, the legend. First, everyone understand me when I say that I... We're not actual fans of... We don't... We, we do not approve of Dez. But he is very... But he's a great character. So, Dez... is the best character on that show. Dez was first voted out of Survivor. Uh, first guy voted out. And it was so boringly obvious that he was going to get voted out. So, Dez came in here and he was just... He's just this grumpy he's, old army veteran. Yeah. Like, who did nothing. Like, he... You saw him, like, at the very start of... The, like, the first team challenge where they had to get items for their camp. Yeah. Which I thought was a bit weak source. In the past, it's been, like, intense. Like, they arrived on a boat in, like, the second one or in Vanuatu, and all their stuff was laid out on the boat, all these things that you could take that would help you. And then they were about... They were, like, a, a while offshore, mm. and they tossed everything into the water. That's a bit rough. And then tossed them into the water, so they got to get their stuff... And, and swim, swim to shore. So it was like this thing of like... So they, so they all have nothing. What to grab. Yeah. That sucks. And you see like Boston Rob just like dive in there like... Eagle-eyed for the flint. Yeah. You're the actual good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you idiots. People grabbing chickens. Let me tell you something, Peter. Oh, the guy that took the chicken. Out of all the stuff that every... Out of every Survivor season I've ever seen, don't take the chicken. The chicken always escapes. <laughs> or no one has the stomach to kill the chicken. Well, someone does kill a chicken, and guess what? The people who can't make fire or a shelter sure as shit don't know how to prepare a chicken. <laughs> yeah, the fucking magician that took the chicken. Oh, God. The oh. magician is actually doing all right because there's a lot of puzzle challenges in Survivor. So you need sleight of hand. He's quite good at it. He's actually quite good at it. Right. <laughs> but 
Oh my god. Anyway, he's, yeah, he's, he's good with his tricks. Des is stretching. Or his illusions. My illusions. <laughs> Des just does nothing. He was like, nah, not helping. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a good use of my time. And yeah, he just so sat like, down. Their team's like setting up the kit and stuff, and he just does absolutely nothing. And fuck of course, all. they're all useless. The only person on the show that knows how to do anything turns out to be Des. Yeah. And I love it how he goes from like, he just is a grumpy bastard. He's just pissing everyone off, and then when, once they get yeah. back from so, the challenge, so like they they're lose. Sending, they're, yeah, they're, when they lose the first challenge, he's just like, "Oh, oh shit, <laughs> I could possibly get voted out here." Yeah, of course you could, Des. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking moron! Oh, but like, he's, some some of them, he's spouting his beautiful lines. I must sneak up on him like Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, what, what else? Uh, oh yeah, the the cat. Um, she's like the she's like a PR person, PR. Yeah. Rep. She's very irritating. She's very useless. And yeah. she wants so, to so it's going to be... The, the show sets it up like it's going to be her or Dez. But it's just because be her Dez. and Dez just argue the whole time. Yeah, and it's because she goes over and is like, Hey, Dez, do you think you could do something? And he's like, I'm not taking orders from some cafe latte. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> so from now on, like, I've called her the cafe latte. Um, yeah. Oh, what else? Yeah, so they lose the challenge and Dez realises that Oh shit! I could be the first person voted out in Survivor, so he goes, and he likes his first interview is him saying, "Oh, I'd hate to be voted out first. That's pretty much the worst you could do." Yeah. <laughs> so honest, and and so he goes back uh, to camp, and then he just flips and does just from one bad thing to the next. Des just reveals that he just blows his load, and like he has just insane survival. Like he's actually bear grills. Is yeah. like what we find out. Like he's like braid. He's like braiding stuff to make them a good shelter. Yeah, he starts the fire. He like makes this bedding thing. Makes like watertight a watertight roof. And throughout this entire time, you know what he does? He fucking teaches them how to do all of this. And they're yeah. just like, okay, Des, great. Tell me more, so we don't need you anymore. And yeah. So basically, out. he outlives his usefulness <laughs> incredibly quickly. Yeah. And, and then just gets... He blows the survival out just immediately. Yep. Oh, sweet Des. Des's favourite animal Des. is a cheetah. In both forms of the word. <laughs> and you know, a cheetah don't change his spots. Yep. I guess. <laughs> yeah, you, you just... you you got to watch Des's, like, exit interview and his intro I interview. Because they are top quality... Yeah. Just like your grumpy granddad. You know, when he gets voted out, that's so good. He's like, well, you know what? I reckon my wife would have agreed with them. I'm not easy to live with. <laughs> Why did you come here? He came here to win. Did he though? I feel like, I feel like Des was actually just wandering around. The, like He was like wandering the street and he thought... Like he he thought it was the shopping line or something like that. He just got onto a bus. And he accidentally, like, <laughs> and he accidentally ended up in Survivor. Yeah, exactly. Like they were looking for really like really bad people, and he just accidentally wandered into the audition room. Was like, so do you? Have you? Uh, are you a fan of Survivor then? What? Oh, not really. Nah. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Uh, do you uh, you know any sort of strategy games? Nah. Voting system? Nah. Voting straight system. up. No, none of that cafe latte bullshit. Perfect, he's hired. Get him on. As soon as he says cafe latte bullshit, he's hired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's, I mean, that's, that's Survivor Watch. Watch. We'll get back to you with yep. some more Survivor next time. Yep. I have to catch up with the last episode. And I've got to catch up with the last two episodes. For all you Australians who haven't watched it yet, it's getting really weird. It's like varied at what times it's on. It's usually on a Sunday and a Monday, but this time it was Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's odd. I don't know, but it, yeah, Sunday, Monday. It is incredibly entertaining. Survivor, seventh uh, thirty. I, if you are going to watch it, I would recommend you watch it with like a group of mates it and have fun. a couple of beers. It is, it is so group. much better watching it with a group of people where yeah. you can all just talk shit on all the idiots. It's got something for everybody. It's got horrible Des people. It's got people you can hate. It's got uh, big sexy men. If you're into big sexy men, it's got uh, ill-fitting loose bikinis. Uh, Puzzle challenges, magicians. Yep. There's a fucking magician. He's got the Salmon King, Cafe who I now found out has yeah. been voted out. He, he left. He just left. Uh, and you know what? Sneaky host guy, he pulled the biggest sneaky host thing where he got them to talk about, he basically got them to admit who they were voting for, who the groups were in the, like, who's the power group, who said what to who, who has the immunity idol, everything, right? Until they're finally like, you know what, fuck it, we're voting Rowan off. Um, 
And then he's like, hmm. But that won't happen this week because someone's already left, actually. <laughs> Guess we'll go back to camp, guys. This will be awkward. So. He is sneaky yeah, host. He, he is real sneaky host. He's throwing spanners in the work all over the place. He's like the goat. He's like the coach from Dodgeball. He's really just throwing wrenches everywhere. Back to camp. Yep. Speaking of camp. Uh, but not speaking of camp, because we should really. Oh, yeah, okay, fine. Speaking of camp. <laughs> We're going to talk about a homework movie. Yes. So, our homework movie this week was uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. Which is like a cult comedy. Yeah. Classic film. Yes. It's a, it's, it, it has the feeling of like an old cult comedy as well, actually. Yeah. In the way that it plays out. But it's, uh, it's a movie with, it's, it's a, one of those cult comedy movies where a, there are a lot of people who got their starts, like a lot of famous fa- faces you would recognize them now. Yeah. So, it, it has. It's got Bradley Cooper. Amy um, Poehler, Paul Rudd, Elizabeth Banks, Elizabeth Banks, that guy from like Law and Order, Christopher Maloney. Yep. Um, Jean, the, the, the camp counselor woman, Jean Gruffalo, who I think was. Sure. I think that's her name. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, just a uh, <coughs> John Benjamin. Just a lot of people, and it's on Netflix now because yeah. there's also a Netflix original show. That's like made now. Yeah. Real the old actors and they're still playing. They're reprising their roles. Um, I haven't seen the show, but I've watched the movie. I have seen the show. It's And I've seen the movie. It is really, really funny. It's yeah. one of those comedies where like... It, it's like, a really like stupid comedy. Yeah, most of the time The whole hilarious. setup is it's like a parody of... It's like set in the 80s. It's, it's meant to be like an over-the-top parody of those like coming-of-age... Summer camp, camp movies. Summer camp movies. Yeah, where like the course coordinators... Uh, played by adults. Yeah. Pl- playing 18-year-olds. Yeah. And it's the last day of summer camp. And just like... All this crazy, crazy shit happens. Crazy shit ensues. There's, there's, uh, there's a love triangle. Someone's, they're all going to get killed because a piece of Skylab is falling to the to the earth. Yep. Um, and the nerds have to like push it off course. With their Dungeons and Dragons skills. Paul Rudd uh, is like the cool dude wearing a denim, like all denim, denim jacket, denim pants. He's just yep. an absolute idiot. His scenes were really like, his scenes for me really summed up how I felt about the movie. Some of his scenes I just didn't laugh at all in. It was kind of like a miss. And then some of them were really, really funny. Yeah. And that's the thing about the movie is <coughs> it is a bit hit or miss. Yeah. It's mostly hit. It's mostly hit. But there yeah. are some jokes that fall flat. I suppose that happens in all comedies though. Yeah, that, this is true. This is true. Um, I don't know. Who, there's so many storylines. I For me, Christopher Maloney's uh, Gene, the chef, the chef who went to Nam and now he's back wearing uh, like a midriff muscle tee. Yep. Um, and talking about how he, he likes to, fo- he's going to fondle his, he likes to fondle his sweaters, hunt the fridge. He's got a jar of penis cream, no dick cream. And what was the last one? And he likes to smear mud on his ass sometimes. <laughs> He's incredible. His storyline is great. His best friend is a can of beans. Voiced by H. John Benjamin, the voice of Archer. Yeah. Who, like, is his, like, spirit guide. Yeah. And he tells him he should accept who he is. And just tell everyone that he humps the fridge. <laughs> Fuck, he's great. He's just, he's so good. I mean, it's fine. I find it hard to like talk about this movie because there's just so many different, it's just, a, it's a lot of gags. It's yeah. very, it's very Anchorman in the fact that it's just a lot of gags. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of different storylines and it, there's a massive cast. Yeah. But it, I, it, I think fine. it all fits together pretty well. I really like, part. I also really like that, um, there's a storyline with, I can't remember her, the actress's name, but she's like the arts and crafts coordinator. And she's got this group of like 10 year olds yeah. doing arts and crafts. And she is just like a mess because her husband just broke up with her. And there's this one like 10 year old boy who does a great job, the actor, who like talks her through her, how she should stay strong, you know, gives her like a back rub and like they, they like role play him on the phone as her husband and her telling him, like, no, it's over, Ron. I don't want you back. <laughs> he gives all this like great adult advice. He's like, look at me. Look at me, Linda. <laughs> it's like 10 years old. <laughs> and then at the end, don't they get together or something? Yeah, they're getting married. Yeah. <laughs> which is a little creepy. <laughs> but yeah, I love the I love that storyline. But Christopher Melini, he just like stole the show as the as the camp chef. He was just he was so good. 
And I felt really sad actually for him mostly because he's like the law and order guy. Yeah. And he just looks, he, he never gets an opportunity to act and he was so funny. Yeah. Like it wasn't just that his character was written well. He delivered his lines really, really well. He was like physically really funny. There's a scene where he's doing like a training montage and he's like dancing and I've just never seen him in anything where he's got an opportunity to act ever. I've seen him do motion captures for like Call of Duty, play military colonels. He played like the, he got to play another colonel. In Superman, probably the most recent thing I saw him in, in Man of Steel. Yeah. He's just never gotten an opportunity to do anything. It turns out he's really funny. Yeah. He's never done anything even, like, dramatically intense or, or anything. I find that upsetting. Well, you'll be pleased to hear that on the TV show, he <laughs> he's is... back. He is back, and he is better than ever. I was not at, at all warm to the idea of this, by the way, I should point out. Like... Yeah, so the... I wasn't hyped to see it. I actually kind of didn't want it to be a homework movie. Yeah. And it was really funny. I, I, I now I'm really looking forward to the TV show. Yeah. So then, like, it's like a ten episode Netflix companion show that is like came out like fifteen years. Uh, it came out last year sometime, which yeah. is like ten or fifteen years after the movie got released. Except they're playing and it's themselves a prequel as, series. Yeah, yeah, it's a prequel. So they're playing. So they like double down on the whole like adults <laughs> playing children, and some of them are like forty. Yeah. Although and something so like, the, like Elizabeth Banks, what is, is she onto the same like Will Smith baby blood trick or something like that? Because she looks exactly... <laughs> She's made a deal with the devil. Yeah, she looks exactly the same. And so does uh, a few people, actually. Yeah. But like, yeah. It's good. Yeah. You, you told me it was better than the movie. I think just because it's it, it's got a little bit better writing and because it's a longer thing, they can have those just ridiculous side plots yeah like there's a, this whole side plot about um chris pine is like a rock star and he goes and hides out in the woods and <laughs> some of the camp counselors find him and yeah that kind of thing i and there's a whole like war with the posh kids summer camp <laughs> that they're trying to shut down the camp firewood yeah I, I, it's great i wanted to see it like it's definitely the kind of thing i recommend watching the movie yeah, watch watch the movie and then watch the yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I think I watched like the first 20 minutes of the show and was like, eh. But if I watched the movie, I just would have kept going because I was you, excited. And yeah. I watched the trailer and after seeing the movie and seeing Gene, the camp chef, in all his glory and knowing that he's back, he's reprising his role. And there's a scene in the trailer that is shows him, he's like a Vietnam vet, right? Him getting attacked by um, John, John Han. As like an American military dude. Yeah. And I would, yeah, I mean, I'll see just got to watch it now. Yeah. Um, yeah. You see here that John Hamm is being um, considered to play Cable in in the Deadpool. next Deadpool. Yeah. That'd be interesting. He actually kind of looks like him. John Hamm, I think, plays comedic characters yeah. really well. Yeah, the other like, guy. He's great in 30 Rock. He's like one yeah. of Liz Lemon's boyfriends at some point. He, yeah, he's good. Yeah, I, he's, I, a, he's a really good comedic and actor. I, I really like Mad Men. I, I still like Mad Men. But... Yeah, no, I'd be happy. I, he's, 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 he'd be alright as Cable. Maybe a younger Cable. I don't know anything about Cable. Cable's kind of an old, rough guy. You know right. you know who would be great is Cable. Would be the obvious choice for me in terms of the the regular Cable look. Is uh, the guy who plays the crazy invincible colonel in Avatar. In the Blue Man Avatar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He looks a lot like Cable. Yeah. He would be a good Cable. I heard Mel Gibson was approached for it. That's interesting. Yeah. He would be a great old man cable. Although, ugh, still Mel Gibson. Maybe he deserves just to be allowed to act now. Mel Gibson. Just all, just allowed to do his thing. Probably enough times passed since his, all his anti-Semitic But he doesn't seem to and... cool off about it, Peter. That's the thing. Like, I feel like if he was into, if I was asked about it now, he'd be like, oh yeah, no, no, no. Still had jizz. Still had jizz. Still nuts. I don't know. I I. I thought, I thought I'd, Apocalypto was. Braveheart's a good film. Yeah. The Patriot is a not great film. <laughs> I think he's a better director than he is an actor. Anyway, which we've gotten off topic. Anyway, you should you should watch watch Wet Hot American Summer. Yes, yeah, you it's a good fun time, and the TV show is really what, great. It but has like a, first. Yeah, the TV show has <laughs> even more of an insane cast <laughs> with just like all com- actors from all the hit sort of comedy shows at the moment are all in the Netflix series and it's just really well written. Plus a few really a few new ones. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's almost all of the. I think it is all of the actors from. Yeah. Except for the scientist dude, it's all the actors from the movie. Michael reprising, reprising their roles. Some of them definitely not having aged <laughs> the guy as well who plays as others. The main character was already kind of old in like the movie, and yeah. he is now like. He, he, he is like forty year old beer gut dad. Yeah, like still playing like a sixteen year old. Yeah, it's pretty funny actually, guys. I know it sounds a bit weird, but it's actually just really really funny. Um, yeah, but it, and there's all these like really good guest actors and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So the, yeah, I mean, see it. Right? H. John Benjamin has a much more of a role, and it's fantastic. Yeah, seal of approval. Yeah. So what do we talk about? What do, what do you want to talk about next? I, I can talk about something. I wanted to change it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and talk about a series that I've been watching on YouTube called Titan's Grave, which I've, I've watched Titan's Grave, the Ashes of Volcana. I, I watched it ages and ages ago. A lot of you listening might have at least heard of it because it's on Geek and Sundry. Right. Which I know, you know, builds up a lot of heat, Geek and Sundry, because, you know, it's hosted by two internet personalities. Or it's created by two internet personalities. Okay, explain it to me because I don't know yeah. anything about it. So the channel is created by two internet personalities. Both of them- Who are they? Uh, attract- is Felicia Day and Will Wheaton. Right. Two people that are, are popular, but have also carry around. They Both of them have attracted a quite sizable group of passionate haters. Um, there's a lot of people that really, really get into not liking Will Wheaton, and there's a lot of people who really get into not liking Felicia Day. People, they, the people who don't are... like Felicia Day are more like just regular sexist, uh, misogynist do, internet dudes, but the people who hate Will Wheaton, I know people who don't like Will Wheaton. Right. You know, he's the kind of guy, he's kind of like, um, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Just like, you know, there's kind of people that you, you either like them or you just really, they really great on you. Right. Um, yeah, but Geek and Sundry is this, you've never heard of Geek and Sundry? I mean, I've heard the name, but I don't know what it even is. It's just a big conglomerate of hate nerd shows, basically. Yeah, and because it was started by Felicia Day and Will Wheaton, two people who have their foot, their feet planted in both, in the, both camps. Like nerd culture internet. Well, no, in, in, like in, in the internet, stuff. YouTube stuff, but they've also both had mainstream success. So, what mainstream success has Felicia Day had? Felicia Day, um, she's a Felicia Day has done a lot of stuff. I, I really her recommend listening was all to her internet stuff, though. No, I really recommend listening to her uh, her Ear Biscuit, okay, uh, which is a written link podcast. Right, it's like a bi- autobiographical podcast. So she was like, she was homeschooled. Um, in like deep south, because her mum was a, uh, uh, like a big serious hippie, and um, but she, her father was like, uh, he, he's, her grandfather invented the laser, right? <laughs> okay, and so she got into solving math proofs as a way of impressing him. Then she went to university without graduating high school because her one of her tutors who was hired to teach her maths, was also a professor. So she went there at like 15. Uh, her mum drove her to uni. Uh, she got a degree in mathematics, but wanted to do acting. She did like the hardcore reset where she just got on a boat or bus or both. Called, called public transport to Los Angeles and right. just started applying for acting jobs. Yeah. She was in a bunch of commercials. She was in a bunch of like serialized Starburst commercials and stuff. Right. She acted on, well, she was a, played a bunch of frantic secretaries. She acted in a lot of like cult uh, favorites. She was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. She was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She was in Supernatural as a recurring character. She re- she recently replied, reprised her role in Supernatural. Um, uh, and she started writing things. She's the one who, she wrote and starred in, uh, and directed, and, and funded, um... It was some popular, like, fantasy YouTube series, I think. The first successful yeah. sort of thing of its kind. Yes, yeah. and that that's what I thought she was... Oh, no, oh, I didn't realise she was in, like, Buffy and stuff. Right. Yeah, why? Yeah, I don't okay. know anyway, why it's escaping me. But anyway, let's get on to... The point is... The, what's the, this show? Yeah, so the show is, is called Titan's Grave Ashes of Volcana, and it's an RPG tabletop show. Right. But the people, the actors who are, like, in it who play the characters, as well as the GM, Will Wheaton, and the world, it's just done so well. Right. And I've listened to a lot of, like, podcasts, D&D stuff, or the old, like, live stream D&D stuff. 
Whereas over Skype, and it's just like your mates playing D&D kind of thing. You imagine it all. But with this one, there's they've created their entirely new world called Velcana for it, right? Is it, is it based off any existing no. role-playing? So it's like a role-playing no. game they've made up themselves. They made it. They hired... Yeah, he, Will Wheaton is a big tabletop guy. Right? So, so he like made up all the rules and dice yes, rolls they and developed a characters. new rule system for it in okay. in league with some other dudes who did some like Dragon Age RPG stuff. Right. They made the map. They made the world. They made. They got artists to do all these renders of the different characters and their what they what they do, so you can see the character scenes from the what they do. Right. So it's basically like a YouTube series role playing game with. In, like really good production values. Yes, I mean that's the hallmark of Geek and Sundry is right. because these guys have seen how they bring an element of like mainstream media. Mainstream media is sort of evil, but like that has sort of element of like of, of, yeah production value and yeah. So so they they bring like high production values, yeah. good video editing, special effects. But there's directors. There's like, a writers' room meeting. There's yeah whatever. Yeah. There's like the, a payroll. There's hierarchical stuff going on. Like rather than just like a couple of dudes in there, rather than our sort of our, setup, our basically stuff. our stuff's still great. Right? Okay. And so, what's the what's the sort of initial story of of this? So the reason I like RPG? it is because Love and hate him. Uh, Will Wheaton's big in a tabletop, so he created this world, and it's really uh, it's called Valkana, and it's a mashup of uh, like Conan the Barbarian, um, orcs and humans, and lizard people, and magic. Kind of thing. Right. With sci-fi technology. So it's like, maybe like the Elder Scrolls world? No, with... no, no, because it's like cars. Yeah, like yeah. The with, stuff with, and shit. with sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like Star Trek meets Skyrim. Right. And yeah. um, okay. it's very story-driven, which I like as well. Um, which I think for those kind of, when you're watching a sort of D&D yeah. play thing, it, it needs to be story-driven because... An hour-long fight where it's just right. dice rolls. Exactly. Which interesting. And the system they use is like uh, like a variation of the Dragon Age system, which is a really good in terms of its fighting. It, yeah. It get, things get resolved quickly. Yeah. Um, and so it's basically a storytelling. Yes. And video podcast. It's done really well. All the episodes are great. There's like running gags. Um, like Will Wheaton and his team of writers, they have had ten hours. They pretty much didn't sleep, right? Because there was only ten hours between each gaming session which is different to usually because usually you play with your mates and they've got a, your mate has got a week to work out what you've just done to the world yeah and they can go anywhere right so they, they, they'll make a decision to do something stupid and you've got to have all these different yeah and all these writers like change out. the world around them yeah to make sure that that works um and but yeah they have this really cool they have really great characters uh Will Wheaton does a good job of acting out those characters um the there's, so there's Hank Green uh, plays one of them. He plays a Sarian, lizard, a lizard person, uh, female. Okay. What, what might we know Hank Green from? Hank Green. Yeah. Most people will know Hank Green, I think. Hank Green and I've John Green, Green Brothers, they're, uh, huge on, on the YouTubes and the internet in general. They founded Nerdfighteria. They're one of the big OG guys on YouTube. I've never heard of them. Very, very famous, very popular. I've, I've heard of John Green's a writer. John Green's not basically a writer on the side. So he, right. he wrote uh, The Fault in Our Stars. Right. That's, a couple other books. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't ever heard of Hank Green. And I think it's... Yeah. Really? I don't think most people would have heard of Hank Green. Uh, I think if you're on the internet, you would have heard of him. I'm on the internet. I know, I've never I, heard of him. I know, I know. But I... I mean, he's very... Okay, so he's, like, he's a YouTube personality. Yes. Who else is... Yuri Lowenthal... Whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, who yeah, does a lot of voice acting and he's um, in like video games he's in video games and he, he's done some other stuff um in that, in that sort of, but that's fine in that sort of community yep but he's really lovely yeah he, 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 he's great his facial expressions are great he is very obviously in something very famous in the he like voices a, a game thing very very famous but you just can't but I haven't played it oh and there are moments where they get him to say stuff. So he's clearly like, everyone else seems to be a fan of his, you know, where they're like, there's this, there's this line that he says where he's like, uh, oh, what, what does he say? Um, <coughs> he'll say stuff like, lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. And everyone laughs and someone says like, oh, I've been waiting for you to say that this, this whole time. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And um, then there's Alison Hayslip, who is my favorite badass chick from 
from the the internet and she she she's great she plays a half dwarf half elven archer chick right um i don't know it's just a really really great and and also laura bailey laura bailey yeah 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 who does a lot of voice work as well she does a lot of cartoons and and, and things like a lot of popular like stuff on cartoon movies and stuff like like abbott like the legend of Korra, maybe I'm not sure if she's in the Legend of Korra, but that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'll see if you, anyone knows who you, what that line, those lines are from. Please tell me. Yuri's <laughs> he's saying something from something. We could have looked it up. But we could we have didn't. looked it up, but we, don't, we 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 run fast and hot. Yep, fast and loose, <laughs> fast and hot. What and are you loose. talking about? <laughs> fast and hot. And I loose. was running fast and hot with it, Peter. <laughs> I was running so my body temperature was elevated. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> I know I do a bad job of explaining. How many episodes have they released so far? So they, they finished the first series. It's it's a bit old. Okay. I watched it when it first came out. Right. And I'm just watching it. Like last year or oh, a few years ago. Oh, a few years ago, okay. Yeah. Um but it's great, it's really worth a watch. Um understandably it takes a long time for them to do another season. Yeah. They are totally gonna do that. There's just so much writing that goes into it. So much. Uh they had to they created a whole world just so Will Wheaton said I bet it was just so he could do it but Will Wheaton said um, that he didn't want to do it because you know all these other, he didn't want to do something else it's something like in a pre-existing game yeah because then they do something and characters would say like oh that's already been done or you can't do that because of this or the law says this and so he just wanted to create his own law and backstory and map right which meant a lot of effort um <coughs> I might be doing a bad job of explaining it, but I urge you to watch it. It's on YouTube. It sounds it's pretty free. Cool. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, and they just do a really good job of creating that world. Okay. Well, I think that segues pretty well into a Dungeons & Dragons podcast, which I've been listening to recently. Yes, go ahead. We haven't um, talked about a lot of podcasts. No, no. And I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm. Um, uh, so particular sort of network of podcasts I've been listening to recently is the podcast by the McElroy brothers. Yes. I've been listening um, to that too. Yeah. So they're most famous for doing my brother, my brother and me, which is like a comedy advice show where for they the just, modern era. yeah. An advice show for the modern era. Um, which is just, which is like babbling, like, yeah, three, um, three brothers just answering questions yeah. in, in, like just riffing and can I, can I share with terrible, terrible advice. Can I share with you my favorite question? Uh, because I think it'll give you a good, uh, good insight into what kind of questions they answer. And the, the show. Okay, yeah. What's your favorite um, question? So there's one, just this beautiful question, right? Where I just think it's like a real life drama. Yeah. The kind of drama that you and I and you the listener would actually have, right? <laughs> As opposed to like a Matt, uh, Matt Damon, Jason Bourne drama. Yeah. Um, where, so it's like, uh, you know, uh, hi, uh, McElroy Brothers. I just had a question for everyone on, on Yahoo. I'm in a serious dilemma. I've been going to the same sandwich shop for, for lunch for an egg and cheese sandwich every day, for, uh, for breakfast every day for the past... Oh, that's our camera. Oh, well. Every, every day for the past uh, year. And I get my egg and cheese sandwich from the same place. Uh, when I go to the store, there's the, uh, sh- the kitchen guy. There's two people in the store. There's kitchen guy and then there's cashier guy. Um, usually I talk to cashier guy, cashier guys, uh, I've talked to the cashier guy so long. He now says like, would you like, like your regular? Yeah. Kitchen guy makes a sandwich. Unfortunately, my life was thrown into turmoil a week ago when I came into the store and kitchen guy was no longer, was, was not there. I had to deal with cashier guy only. Cashier guy asked me for the regular and I said, yes. He then made me a sandwich, which I ate. Unfortunately for me. This sandwich was fantastic. <laughs> it, it had it had way better eggs. It was the right ratio of egg to cheese. The, the bread was crispy. It was great. My question is, how do I now go back there <laughs> and, and, and tell the and tell the cashier guy that I really want him to make the sandwich because he has his secret talent? And that was just I don't know. For me, that was just the perfect question because that was like a thing that I go to a lot of places a regular like. Just like absolutely ridiculous uh, thing that would actually throw your life into chaos. You just can't go there anymore. I, I think the answer is you just can't go. Whereas I, I would be fine with the social awkwardness and just. But you'd be eating spit sandwiches just forever. No. I reckon. No. How could you do that? 
You know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough. Anyway, it's just, just stuff like that. They always end the show with just a ridiculous oh, question yeah, from like Yahoo this. Answers. Yeah. And they've had some stuff like, how much beer is it okay for a dog to drink? <laughs> and just oh. ridiculous stuff like that. It's a, it's a really funny show. If you're going to start with an episode, I would recommend, um, I think the episode's called Bubble Jug Life. Yeah. Is the episode which I showed to Sam to get him, him onto it. Yeah, that's And right. some other of our mates. Um, I think that's a really good place to start with. And I, I've kind of now been going back and listening to some of their other episodes. Yeah. And if you want to listen to that one that I just talked about, it's called Butterfly Kisses. Butterfly Kisses. Yeah. It's just, they have great episode names as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they also do a Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, they do a bunch of stuff. Play. Yeah. They, they, they have like 10, th- uh, across all of them, I think all three the- brothers, they have like 10 different podcasts yes because they're the same organization yeah uh, i think they, they're, they're the like organization with the most called the um maximum fun podcast network yeah and that podcast network is responsible for making the most amount of podcasts from one network yeah they've yeah. got heaps and heaps of different podcasts yeah anyway so um they do a dungeon dragons fifth edition i think it is full play yeah which i'd imagine um, is podcast. just crazy chaos yeah, so it's like they they do all the dice rolls and they tell a story and stuff. Um, yeah, so it's the, it's the three brothers and their dad, and one of them DMs it. So mm-hmm. it's party of three with one DM, um, and it's really really funny. Yeah, it's really great. Um, it, it's a really good thing just to sort of listen to, and it's they're at about forty five episodes now. So if you're looking for something to sort of listen to while you're at the gym or like it's a really good sort of story podcast i will say that the first story arc which is about three or four episodes is very it's like they start off by doing um a story arc from the like player manual so it's pretty straightforward it's like a basic sort of getting into it yeah kill some bandits to save someone yeah they they fight some goblins Ah. and they kill uh like a spider mage Mm. and um then it evolves from there like the sort of fir- the first place they go after doing this basic scenario is they go to a secret yeah. organization's base on the moon to give you a bit of an idea. That's great. And yeah, they just do all these really cool scenarios. Like there's a tr- mystery on a train. Yeah, that kind. Of, they, I, I, they have I'm like an episode that. where they get stuck in a time loop. Oh, it's and they have like a Mad Max episode, yeah. like Fast and Furious Mad Max. Like car battle, like story arc, and it's just done really well. It's really funny. It captures a lot of the humor from the yeah, um, my brother, my brother and me podcast, and yeah, I, I think it's really good. I love the um, when, whenever I can find a D and D campaign or play a D and D campaign, it's funny. Yeah, because I when I get in there, I, I like listening to D and D campaigns where it's balanced. Because when I play a D and D campaign, and I mean, there's only been a few times that I played played them. Um, I just take that bitch over. I'm, I feel really bad. Like I, I just love talking, as you can probably imagine. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I always create like a big bombastic character that like is the star of the show, and so I just like I like watching it instead. Yeah, and that's what's really good about this show. And I imagine probably pretty similar for that. Yeah, one so that times, you just times talked about like, is they, don't, they don't get bogged. Like it starts out very mechanics heavy and sort of rigid. Yeah, like doing a lot of the basic D and D stuff that you do if you're just starting out, having just played it for the first time, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and after the first sort of story arc, it gets it'll they sort of it gets a lot more interesting. They don't get bogged down. It's still. You're rolling dice and and getting numbers, and you have um certain like a set character progression from the game manual and stuff. But they don't get as bogged down in yeah. that. In like the less interesting, this is like an hour long fight against this boss. Yeah, I think they kind of move it forward relatively well, and they take it to some really interesting places. They do a lot of tropey stuff, but the, just the characters it's are funny. really funny. I'd imagine Titan's Grave. Titan's Grave is funny, but uh, it does get really serious at some points. Yeah. Because they have actual characters with like, um, you know, bad, bad backstories or like secret pasts or whatever. Uh, Will Wheaton does this thing where he, he uh, gets them to um, some, like sometimes they'll either earn or have a place to tell him what happens. Right. Like, one of them will tell him what happens next. They had this mechanic, which is 
happens at the best times called like a legendary move. And that's when you roll uh, like a perfect 18. So if they're rolling three dice. They have eight. Oh, right. They have dice that's only one, like regular six-sided die. Right. You roll three of them uh, for some checks. Three sixes. Three sixes, right? And that gives you this legendary move. Where you get to spell out what actually what what actually what happens instead of him, yeah, and then he tells you how that move is re- how that event is remembered in the annals of history, and like how like at some point he tells you how like an anecdote about how like hundred hundred years from now someone's talking about it. That's cool. Meant to be for battles, the, right? The first time it happens is um, they're doing like an initiative check or something. No, they go into this bar. And uh, they're pretending, they're like at this moment, they're like sort of getting around by pretending to be uh, traveling performers. Yeah. And so Ankia, Hank Green, decides to go out on the dance floor and rolls the check to see, like, to make a dance move. (laughs) (laughs) And he rolls a really, it's not that one, he rolls really high on that. And then then this guy busts through the door. Keggy, the keg robot, it's just this keg with legs. And he's like, the bandits are attacking, right? We need to save the beer. And they're like, the beer. And. And Hank Green just off, offhand just goes like, um, I have a mechanic focus. Can I fix Keggy? And he's like, yeah, sure. Roll to see if you fix Keggy. And that's when he rolls the legendary fix. Right? So, like, then Will Wheaton has to decide how this fixing of the robot <laughs> goes down in history. And so what happens is Ankia does uh, a triple somersault over to, from the dance floor over to... He's in his flared plane doing his disco moves. Over to Keggy. And he like fixes him very well. <laughs> so it's like what well, we, well, Whedon says, and everyone's like, "Whoa!" And Keggy's even better than he was before. So what does Keggy go on to do? So yeah. So later on, no, like later, way, uh, way later on, this guy goes into this bar and is basically going to defraud the bar people. Right. And he hears this great story of how like, this, this this like crazy Sarian came in out of nowhere. Started like dropping some fine moves and then like dance all the robots. Fix fix this robot and everything. With the power of dance. And everything was joyous. (laughs) And and he's like, oh, oh oh, yeah, I've actually got to go. And he decides not to rob them. Because of Keggy. (laughs) Yeah. Good old Keggy. Uh, That kind of shit is just like, great. Um, Yuri is meant to be this like guy, this Slethk, who has like a terrible backstory. Everyone hates him. Because he, he looks weird. He's a, a Sarian crossed with an orc. An orc is a slave race. Right. And the Sarians are like lizard people. And they're um, the worthy ruling class. Because they're smarter. So his mix is really bad and everyone's racist towards him. Right. He's meant to be like this wizard who like is meant to be firing lightning bolts over everyone. And everyone. Um, but he his roles are just terrible. In fact, the entire game are just terrible. So there's bits where like Sleth... Fails a roll, but Will has not planned to fail. Like, there's no way you could possibly fail it. He, like, rolls all ones. <laughs> and he's like, uh, you go to Lightning Bolt, the goblin, but uh, a bucket, convenient bucket is there. You select steps in the bucket, and it sticks to his foot, and he falls over. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's just pretty cool. And they go through, a, yeah, a lot of things. The, the first one is saving the beer baron. Meeting the beer baron and protecting his shipment of his most precious ale, which was called uh, the Old Chaotic Neutral, right? Oh, which good. is after named after the idea that it's a, you, you're a dick if you choose to make Chaotic a character because you can just do whatever you because want because you're like the Joker, you're like you're worse than the Joker. You just do whatever you want. It's ridiculous. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's really great. I really like it. It's, there's some dramatic moments. It's probably different to yours. Yeah, know? mine is mostly like just freewheeling yeah. hilarity I was, which is in, in like the most recent character arc there was some there was like an actual <coughs> really well written like dramatic moment which I really enjoyed okay. but it is for the most part just ridiculous humor yeah. and then doing just their character voices uh, one of the <laughs> one of the character one of the three characters is called his name is Taco yeah and he's a mage and he's an idiot and his quest, he's like perp starting off. They, yeah, like yeah, they have what's, like what's their all motivations. His quest is to discover um, how to make a taco in this fantasy D and D world. Jesus Christ! Yeah, 
Um, I don't know. So, like, throughout it, he yeah. they discover stuff like he's he's discovered the concept of ground meat, and oh, um, he's and, learning. Yeah, and like oh. shredded lettuce <laughs> and stuff like that. So he had he's got to like find all these yeah. components to be able to make a taco. Uh, there's a <laughs> character in Titans Grave called Jeremy, and Hank Green's character Ankyo is a mechanic. She has a she want he wanted a character like a secondary character to be with him. So he's yeah. got this little helper robot called Jeremy. Yeah. Who is voiced by Will Wheaton. Like Will Wheaton has to say what Jeremy does as well. Yeah. And Jeremy speaks only in wacky one-liners. And so like he has to communicate everything through wacky one-liners. Yeah. He is just, he's great. He's always like trudging off and just like, don't worry boss, I've got it. And you know, like goes up to do his thing. Um, there's some badassery to do with uh, Laura Bailey's character. Who's this, teenage pink-haired girl yeah who got hit by a car and and um she has this knife that comes out of her hand and you can see that she's got a robotic hand she has a hand got, got like blown off yeah um and it's like this blade comes out and the blade's uh has a name it's called dr lobotomy so everybody's busy making jokes about how someone's got a doctor appointment with the doctor or like uh and she turns out to she makes all these roles that don't make sense until you find out later on that she's actually like their most powerful character by a long way because she's really ashamed of the fact that a lot of parts, including, I think, there's something about how she's really ashamed about it. And I don't really... About ever, being like a robot, like a cyborg. I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what, I think maybe Peter, her, some of her parts are now a robot. Right. Parts. Like she's missed some, some miss, she's missing some key components. Right. Uh, some key lady components, I think. Right. Uh, anyway, anyway I, I think so. I'm not sure, but like half of her body is actually a robot. Yeah. And so she makes all these checks that are just, I don't know, I like that. How like there's a, there's a part where like they're trying to get through this door and they can just never do it. And she just like goes like, I punch the door and like she like reveals herself and she's just like, <laughs> and it just goes through. She's like, She's like uh, Will Smith's character in iRobot. Right. Just using that using that robot arm. I don't know. It's 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 nifty like that. Uh, so I, yeah, I recommend watching that. I listen, like yeah. watching and, that. And, and, I and also this is yeah. another great episode of the show that they do is they they have like a break. They have like a break between story arcs. Yeah. And one week they do the the Adventure Zone Zone, which <laughs> is like a takeoff of. Um, uh, Talking Dead. Yeah. Like the Walking Dead companion show and like the Game of Thrones yeah, companion yeah. show and all that kind of stuff. That's really funny. Um, but I think that's a pretty good place to, yeah, to end it. That'll wrap week. us up. Um, we did really want to cover something, but we, we just run over time. We'll talk about it next yeah. week. So Yeah. So our homework movie for next week is going to be Black Mass, which is yep. the Johnny Depp um, gangster film. Yeah. It came out um, like last year, I think. Yes. Uh, Whitey Bulger. Is the gangster that it follows. Uh, I don't think we've heard a lot about him in Australia. He's recently famous. He's a Boston Irish, big Boston Irish gangster. He made a deal yeah. with the FBI um, that was incredibly, uh, gave him a lot of liberty. Um, right. They were very desperate to be, be, get the Italian mafia. And at the moment, the Ir- and the Irish mob were sort of clashing with the Italian, uh, the Italian mafia and uh, losing. Hmm. And so... Uh, Whitey Bulger was this like maniac, small town, small time area boss, ran his own Irish thing, and he just rose to the top because he was given, he was essentially given immunity. Right. He could just do whatever he wanted and no one was arrested. And But in exchange, he fed information to the mafia. Um, it's about his story. Uh, the, the interesting thing with the movie that I will say is that it follows his early life. So if you're looking for an on the run thing, it's not going to be there. For anybody who knows who Whitey Bulger is, um, uh, He's probably most famous, I would say, for what happens happened after the movie. Right. So, Whitey Bulger uh, was arrested, I think, in 07. Okay. Finally. He, um, he, he he was on the FBI's most wanted list, and I, at some point he was in the record books because he was on the FBI's most wanted list for the most amount of time. Mm. He um, was never caught for, for a long, long time. Okay. Yeah, so we're going cool. well, yes, to... Homework, homework movie. And we've got a homework show i'm gonna say because oh, really we really wanted to talk about this uh for a while we just never got around to it so we're giving the, you the opportunity to try and get into watching stranger things it's yeah on- which has become the next big 
thing on Netflix at yes. the moment. I really, really enjoy it. It's so it's really cool. Great like 80s throwback. Yeah, way that it gets back to the 80s. Um, it's a great classic 80s. Fan- fantastic weird horror kind just of thing. Fantastic aesthetic mm. to the show. I really like it. Um, it's so good. we're going to get into some real depth and probably talk spoilers next week. Yes. Yeah, so if you want to get ahead of that, watch it. Um, spoiler alert, we're going to recommend you watch it. Uh, yeah. So... Get on it. It's a someone. It's like a season thing. And if you don't want to watch Stranger Things, I would also recommend checking out Black Mirror, which is exactly the same thing, except each episode is its own small, it's weird eighties like horror type thing. Okay. Weird stuff. All right. Yeah. So we're gonna be doing that. Yeah. And cool. we'll probably that, be that, drinking that's beer. That's the homework stuff. Hopefully, we'll be drinking beer. Yeah. See you next week. <laughs>